0: Michael show, final hour of the program, but we're not done yet by any stretch of the imagination. you going to hear Matt LaFleur coming up here in just a little bit. Listen to what he has to say before the Packers went out to practice today. And in the meantime, uh, talk a little bit more about the return of David Bakhtiari and what that may or may not mean. Uh, Mark Daniels joining us, WNFL in Green Bay. Mark, how you doing, pal? I'm good, Bill. How are you? I'm great. Uh, so let's start off by uh, talking a little bit about Bakhtiari's return today. I, I, if anything, is there any significance to this other than the fact that they as Matt LaFleur said, they're just trying to get him back as quick as possible?
1: No, I don't think there's anything much beyond just that he appeared and took part in the individual drills that just left Clark Kinkle Field after, you know, they throw us out of there after the first 10 minutes or so of viewing. And then whether or not he participates beyond that, to uh, what extent... I think is immaterial. Uh, Clearly, if he's practicing once a week, he's not ready to play, uh, and they're just going to try to do everything they can to get him to ready to play. And I know it's bothersome to Lafleur and it's uh, irksome to the fans, but we got to keep asking. This guy's, you know, an all-pro left tackle, and a big part of this team. And when he returns, they will be better, assuming he's better.
0: The uh, the the receiving core a little bit nicked up. Randall Cobb out with an illness. So Lazard with the ankle, who we saw it kind of got aggravated in the game the other night. And you've got Sammy Watkins with a hamstring. How bad do you think this is right now?
1: I don't think it's terrible. Those guys were limited yesterday. Uh, Lazard and Watson were both on the side today. Cobb's still out, uh, but it just seems to be you know, the position of the week in two cities, both based. Uh, you know, they're wiped out in Tampa and uh hurting a little bit here in Green Bay, but my guess is uh everyone will be available for the Packers on Sunday.
0: The uh the loss of Mike Evans, obviously they don't have Julio Jones, Chris Godwin nursing some issues. Uh, we know Tom Brady can make a lot of magic, but uh, how how much can he make with guys other than a guy like Scotty Miller out of guys that just aren't normally those go to th- weapon threats, so to speak?
1: Well, Russell Gage has caught a few balls. Uh, Bashar Perriman's a former Niner. We heard about Miller. They picked up Cole Beasley. You know, Brady's made a career of playing outside of that one year with Randy Moss, uh, you know, and a little, you know, production out of Edelman over the years. Has made a career out of playing without, you know, top-level wide receivers. Uh, He just runs the offense. They execute it well. If they run it hard, you know, it can keep the Packers off balance. But uh, it's certainly something that swings it a little bit towards Green Bay's defense. I think this is going to be – has the makings for a a very low-scoring affair.
0: As much as we talk about the offense and Rodgers and Brady and such, really I, I keep going back to I think this game's won in the trenches defensively. Whoever puts the most pressure on a quarterback stops the run and really dictates the game is probably going to win this thing. That being said, I, the first game the Packers defensively did not look good. The second game they looked a lot better, especially in between the first and the last drive of the Bears. Did We remember when Matt LaFleur went at, at halftime after that Detroit game, second game of the season last year, to Joe Barry and said, hey, you better dial something up. you got to get a little more aggressive. Did something like like that happened do we know that suddenly they became more aggressive or did they just start feeling it against a very one-dimensional offense in the chicago bears
1: i think that had a lot to do with it they'll tell you the truth we haven't seen joe dial things up much uh, as far as the pressure packages he's been reliant basically on on Preston Smith and Rashawn Gary to win off the edge and if they can, you know, collapse the pocket a little bit with the guys inside, that's getting it done. But I have a feeling this might be the week where we might see a little more creativity in in that regard. But I no I don't think anything's uh, you know, flipped a switch to to change the way they play defense down to down.
0: Uh go back to David Bakhtiari. Do you expect him back this weekend?
1: No. No. I'd be, I'd be surprised. I'd be to be surprised if he played, but uh, I I don't think so. And, you know, we're getting to that four-week window where, you know, they could have just, you know, kept him on the pup, but uh, then again, he wouldn't have been able to practice either, and he'd be like Kylan Hill who's just running around on the side every day, and that's about it. So they are getting him some work, but I, I just – can't imagine he's ready to play a 60-minute football game uh that might be a little while and if he does come back and he just might get you know a couple series or whatever just to kind of get the feet wet kind of like they did with the Detroit game last uh, year uh Nyman hasn't been terrible at left tackle he's holding his own uh but so there, there might be a couple of different avenues to go but to uh, expect him to go out there and play you know whistle a gun and, and Raymond James on a hot day I don't think so
0: Yeah, I didn't think so either. Now, my next question is, at what point do you expect him, I guess, to be back? And like you said, maybe he's on somewhat of a pitch count because this is kind of a non-story to me for the most part, only for the fact that Yash Naiman played so well last year and there was only 26 snaps that David Bakhtiari actually had. And it really wasn't a major issue throughout the season. I thought Yash Nyman played admirably for what he was asked to do. So uh, maybe it's just for the fact that we're trying to get the all-pro back. We want to see him back in the field. We want to see him performing at an all-pro level. But to me right now, that's kind of a moot point, isn't it?
1: Right now, yeah. But I, I think the plan is to make sure they have him uh, as close to prior performance. You know, we're talking, you know, two thousand, 2018, 2019. Uh by the last six games of the season and into the playoffs, these guys are, you know, in the picture. That's their hope. Uh, and if they get that, I think they'll be very happy.
0: So uh, this game, this contest coming up down there, Aaron Rodgers traditionally doesn't play well in Florida. And then when he was asked, you know, what's the biggest obstacle to, to some of the you know issues they've had? He said it was the field. How in the hell do you prepare for the field, you know?
1: That's come a couple of times uh, in the last couple of weeks. He was talking about surfaces last week, and he was talking about how uh, Raymond James is uh, a little chunky at times because it gets so much play, college games, high school games, everything else. So it can be a problem, but, uh, you know, uh, I don't think that's the reason. They've uh, struggled uh, when the temperatures soar above uh, 80, 85 degrees.
0: So how do you see this one going? Give, give me your, if you had to give me kind of that, that breakdown synopsis of the Packers taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, how do, how do you see this one happening?
1: You know, I think instead of uh, some of the wide zone runs we saw against the Bears where they got to the edge and turned things up, this is going to be a, a more of, a, I think, a Dylan game, a hammer game, run right at Vita VA, run right at Lamont David and Devin White, uh, rather than having those guys chase things down because they can't. Uh, So I think if they can muscle up, I thought the Saints ran the ball pretty well uh, last week against them. Uh, And they're going to have to at least get comfortable, you know, manageable play-calling situations. second down and medium, third and no longer than six or seven because Todd Bowles will bring heat. These guys get after the quarterback really, really well. Their pressure packages are well designed, well disguised, and well executed. So uh, the secondary's solid. I look for uh, you know a short, rhythmic, get it out of the hands, quick kind of game from Aaron Rodgers. But I, th- I think they'll be able to move the ball um, defensively. Uh, uh, you know, if the secondary picks up where they left off. Granted, they completely eliminated a horrible passing game with Chicago. But and if it's on the script, wide receivers. Maybe they will match up a little more, man, this week. Uh, And then concentrate on getting to Brady. He's not going to run around like Justin Fields. Uh, and If they can collapse the pocket and hurry his process, it plays into the Packer hands pretty well. So, again, uh, a a rising defense against a really good defense. Two receiving fours that are nicked up. Uh, Like I said, uh, first to 20 uh, may get out of this one with a win.
0: The, uh, go, go, I want to go back to Aaron Rodgers for a minute. And with the passing game, you know, a few guys ailing you know, on a few nicks and, and such injuries. Some of them, when you talk about hamstrings, they can be so fickle and you've got to be so careful with them. But is Aaron Rodgers, do you get the sense that over the first two games, is getting any more comfortable with the young guys and the way things are, not having the safety blanket of Devontae Adams? Or is this just right now? Because t- at times when I listen to him talk, he just seems like a frustrated guy right now.
1: I don't know if he's frustrated. I think he's trying hard to stay patient with these young guys, uh, see how they continue to develop. But yeah, the days of 15 targets to one guy and a handful or less to everyone else are, are long gone. I mean, last week, no one had more than four, but, uh, you know, five or six guys had two to three catches. That's how it's going to work. I think for the time being, uh, and, and make sure you are able to capitalize when shots are available. Um, look for Tanyan to kind of have an interesting day today. I think he might be a busy target for Rodgers uh, against this Tampa Bay defense. That might be one of those uh, more consistent, winnable matchups.
0: That, that's exactly what I was going to ask you, was at what point do you see more involvement, probably inside the, the red zone of Robert Tanyan? Because we saw him a couple of times get open, a couple of times get those – and he's obviously a guy that Aaron Rodgers trusts and can get downfield. How much more do you see that tight end becoming more and more involved?
1: I think it's going to be, uh, you know, a process. But I I can see uh, the targets increasing, not just for for Bobby, but for DeGuarra or even, you know, Davis as well. Uh, I think teams are going to think about, you know, certainly dealing with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, clamping down on the perimeter, Lazard, Watkins, uh, but uh, at least, you know. Maybe the middle of the field uh, with tight end matchups a little more available. So I just think that might be a route that they're going to be looking at.
0: Always good to talk to you, my friend. I appreciate it, Mark. And uh, anything else you want to throw in there before I let you go?
1: No, uh, just looking forward to it. Uh, You know, these guys got to get over the, you know, I, I think this means a lot to them. I think there's a lot of quiet conversation about how they, you know, laid such an egg when they finally got the NFC championship game at home. Uh, and I don't think they've forgotten it, even though we're, you know, a year and a half removed. Uh, so I, I think this team's going to be uh, pretty riled up uh, to secure what would be a signature win early in the season.
0: Hey, real quick, before I let you go, the breaking story of the day, the Brett Favre stuff. Um, any reaction to any of this? I mean, obviously, we've we've all covered Brett Favre. We've all been there, done that. We've seen what's kind of gone on. But the fact that uh, the guy, the headmaster in all of this, will say that was dispersing the funds and, and now pleading guilty in federal court, and the next uh the next you know the next target will say seems to be the the crosshairs are pointed at Brett Favre any reaction to all of this no i just
1: i just think favre wielded influence with someone else who wielded influence to uh to do a really stupid thing uh and, and channel money that should go to where it should have gone to something uh seemingly as frivolous as a volleyball building because his daughter's mm-hmm. playing there it is a horrible look for Brett uh he's he's not immune to those he's had them in the past but this one is a nasty one could be very complicated if indeed they pursue anything beyond uh just uh the guy who uh you know cut that check uh, a lot of back alley stuff that uh, was not very pleasant and like I said makes the gunslinger look bad
0: yep no doubt about it always good Mark we'll talk to you soon okay pal all right we'll see ya All right, buddy, there you go. That's Mark Daniels joining us for a couple of minutes on the hotline, giving us the lowdown. Yeah, you've got, uh, you know, uh, more than a few, the wide receiver, Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, Sammy Watkins, Christian Watson, all missing practice today. Uh, Randall Cobb, uh, ill, uh, so he is not at practice, but everybody else is kind of nursing tweaks. They all practiced yesterday except for Randall Cobb, by the way. So it's not like all of a sudden everybody's just ailing. I think today is one of those days where they came out of pads, they gave them the day off. Rest up. Everybody should be should be ready to go uh, come Sunday. But uh, I think today was just. I, I know that it's kind of set the, the world on fire when you saw that. But it's kind of uh, kind of I think somewhat uh, somewhat of a mood point. So um, let's do this. We're going to hear from Matt Lafleur when we come back. Some of the things we'll discuss too. Some of the things that he had to say in his presser. Uh, obviously, some of them a little bit different than what's actually going on in the practice field as of right now. As he spoke a little bit earlier today, we're going to hear from him coming up here in just a bit. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. place Right here in the Lake Country area. Actually, it's in Summit, down near Oconomowoc. It's called Stoley's Hog Alley. Now, you don't need to be a rider, the hog, H O G G, to go there. But uh, they are renovating, and the renovation now is just flying along. They're a little bit behind schedule because they had some issues uh, zoning and all that kind of stuff. Every business runs into that. But now they're flying right along. And you talk about two great people. And Jeff and Alicia and what they do up there at One and Nine on Watertown and now Stolle's Hog Alley, which has been around forever down here in Oconomowoc, the summit area. I can't wait for this to be done because at some point we got to go do a show there. It's just, It's just such a cool place, maybe out on the patio or something. Uh, but nevertheless, it's a, it's a really cool place, but more so, they're great people. Continue to support them during the renovation and that other fine place that they have. It's Stoll's uh, 0109 up in Watertown, Wisconsin. Great place, by the way, to go and watch a game. Huge TVs. They open up the outside. Oh, it's really, really nice if you've never been there. So check it out. Stoles, Stoles, Stoles Hog Alley and Stoll's 0109. Both of them. Awesome. Matt LaFleur, just a little while ago, um, I wanted he was uh, at the podium, I should say. Um, And then the uh, the, you talk about question with the Bakhtiari missing practice and such yesterday. And the floor saying they're trying to get him back as soon as soon as uh, possible, uh, obviously. And then today we find out David Bakhtiari is back on the field. So keep that in mind as you listen to all of this, the back and forth between the media and uh, and Matt LaFleur in that discussion. Here's Matt
2: LaFleur talking to the media. Matt what do you see with Fournette right now when you watch him I see a big physical guy that uh, I'm sure you saw it in the game just him I want to say he trucked Tyron Matthew or whoever um, but no he's just big physical fast and uh, really good experience back at today? we'll see
0: Coach, your quarterback uh, was
1: talking to Pat McAfee on Tuesday about his success rate when it comes to audibly and or calling a run-pass option. It was kind of tongue in chief, so I, I, I wanted to ask, is that, is that something you track? Is that, like, do you have a number on how often he gets into a successful play?
2: Um, well, we grade every play, but uh, I would say that I couldn't tell you off the top of my head right now, You know, especially over the last couple of years, the success rate but I'm sure it's pretty high. Talk about how much Elton's returned.
1: How, how did you feel about the way the rest of the line performed Sunday
2: night? Yeah, I thought for, for the most part, uh, I thought they did a pretty good job. Certainly it wasn't flawless. It never is. And uh, hopefully we can build upon it. But in particular, the run game was was really strong. Um, and we got to continue. We're going to have a great challenge this week. This is as good of a defense as you'll find in the National Football League, from first level to the back end, the back level. Uh, just a bunch of uh, Pro Bowlers on all three levels. So it's going to be a great challenge for us. Is
1: there a factor, whether it's run blocking or pass blocking, that's easier for a guy to return from when they've had a long absence, like like Elton, like like Dave?
2: Well, yeah, I think there's there's elements to that that. Um, I think if you polled the majority of linemen in the National Football League, they'd prefer the run-blocking portion over the pass-blocking depending upon who they're playing against. Um, and, and your scheme, of course, always plays a factor into that. But um, certainly I think that's one way you can help protect those guys a little bit is making sure that you do a good job of mixing in runs and then um, incorporating some of those actions into the passing game. because. The action alone, you're, you're hopeful it'll slow down the rush just a little bit. Anything unique
1: about Bowles' pressure package?
2: Yeah, you just never know where it's coming from. So he does such a great job of just giving you similar looks and uh, playing off. They all play off each other, and that that's what keeps you off balance. I feel like you know he, he does a good job. Just when you look at the entirety, especially over the last couple of years of of all their pressures. It, it can be overwhelming, so you got to try to guess to the best of your ability what what you may see.
1: Matt, what have you thought of just the start that Kenny's been off to, and in what ways does
0: that sort of help out the the rest of the defensive front in creating you know opportunities? Yeah,
2: Kenny's been fantastic, uh, just in terms of not only in the run game in the pass game as well. Um, you know, I think he's he's a complete player, and anytime you get a guy like that. That can do it in both phases. I think th- those guys are usually few and far between. Usually, one guy's really strong against the run, or really strong versus the pass. So um, he is a complete player, and uh, certainly when when he's winning, if if they dare give him a one-on-one matchup, and it um, you know a lot of teams will will try to double team him, which will create a, a matchup for somebody else.
0: Matt. How different is your run game from the day you got here to right now? I mean, would you have run as many powers as you ran in this last game, your first year on the job, and, and has it really just transformed, um, and why?
2: Yeah, I think you just always you have to evolve. And um, I think, you know, we ran a, a few more bounce schemes, which we consider man schemes, um, especially this past game. And, and quite frankly even in week one. So um but you're you're constantly evolving. You're always con you're you're looking at what gives you the best advantage versus defense. Um how you can you know use that's why I think variety and versatility with your run game is so important. So that uh, you're not just making up new stuff each and every week and you have it banked reps on that, whether it's from training camp or whatever. And then you can kind of pull from, from your menu so you're just not creating a brand-new scheme each and every week. Doesn't that kind
0: of fly in the face of what you started with when it was a lot of wide zone and, and that was the whole concept? Of yeah, that? but
2: I, I think, as you see, and I, I think you've seen a lot of teams across the league, You, I mean, you can try to do the same stuff over and over again, but I, I think you have to evolve in this league. And there's there's certainly trends... That go on, you know, throughout the course or throughout the league, from team to team. And um, basically, what you got to do is you got to play to your strengths and whatever that is, and how you can gain advantages um, in the run game. A lot of it's dependent upon the angles that you can create, whether it's by using motions or down blocks, whatever it may be, just to try to cut the defense one way or the other.
1: What's the challenge with White and David? And then similarly, is that what you had in mind? You guys drafted Quay to pair
2: with Devandre. Yeah, I think uh those two guys are as good as it gets. I mean they're both they're they're both very physical, they're both very fast, um really instinctive. Um certainly Levante David's been playing for a really long time. Devin White, uh Pro Bowler, got to be around him um after the season and uh he's he's definitely an alpha. So you got two alphas right there. Um you know, collectively those two guys are probably as good as it gets in this league. Matt, I think you were at Western Michigan in the late 90s when Brady had that kind of back and forth thing going every week with Henson and Lloyd Carr, you know, couldn't decide who was going to be the starter. Did you pay much attention to that, you know, being in the state and just down the road and anything like that? I mean, do you have any thoughts even of Brady? Do you remember thinking back then, you know, that was impressive Brady held him off through all that mm-hmm. and he, Recollections of that? Not really. (laughs) If I'm being honest, Uh, no. I mean, certainly you are aware of. I mean, they're a powerhouse in college football, and I think you have somewhat of the landscape. But uh, it's not like I sat there and watched any of their games.
1: Coach, a couple days ago, you talked about the difference between a wide receiver screen or a run alert. Something you said you hadn't done a lot of one, but you've done a lot of the other. Regardless, when it comes to the coaching of that concept of getting the ball out of the perimeter and getting it to your wide out and the blocking that goes into it, how granular do you get as a head coach when it comes to those teaching points? How much do you leave to, say, Steno or the position coaches, and how much are you involved?
2: I think we, we're, we all communicate, and, um, and shoot, even our players uh, have a lot of input in, into how to coach some of those routes and certainly Aaron's a big part of it as well he's been throwing those for a really long time so I think collectively there's a lot of um, communication involved with all of us and it's, it's a collaboration so I'd say we're all involved equally
1: You didn't play the Bucks last year but obviously you played them twice in 2020. How much do you go back to those films and how much carryover do you think you can glean from given that the personnel are largely the same?
2: Yeah, I think. I mean, certainly, I, I'm sure they're looking at it too. Um, it's, it's a part of it, but uh, just like we mentioned a second ago, you, you evolve as well. So it's just a, a small portion of it, but I think there's there's some value in looking at those uh, tapes, and so you you just try to learn from from every uh, game out there. I'm studying
0: those two games I'm not gonna tell you
2: how much time I spent now, um, no I, I would say yeah no we we certainly looked at the games but um, there's been a lot of other games there's a whole season's worth of games from from last year and then you look at the two games that they played this year so um, there, there's just a lot of film out there
0: how does this Tampa defense, you talk about how good they are, how does it test your patience and how
1: important is patience against these guys? Because while you might be doing the right things, you may not be rewarded as quickly as you like. Is it tough to be patient against these
2: guys? It's tough to be patient against anybody. You always want to score. and um, But the thing that that je- definitely jumps out on tape, and you can tell it's backed by the numbers, is just how destructive they are. And I mean, they've got 10 sacks after two games, and... I want to say, what is it? Six turnovers they've they've created, and so it's um, a very destructive defense. And if you let them be, and so I do think that there's go- going to be some plays out there that are going to be ugly. Quite frankly, they're going to be one, two, three yard plays, and you got to be you do have to be patient and, and try to take what they give you, and um, just it's about stacking those positive plays. And because if you put yourself in bad situations, you know, second and long, third and long, it's going to be a tough day. With that
1: disruptive defense and knowing the what their offense can do from a quick strike standpoint, do you have to be intentional about slowing the pace of this game, or are you comfortable with where you guys are at from a pace standpoint?
2: Have you seen our time of possession over the last couple of years? <laughs> We're always intentional about everything we do so i mean sometimes it doesn't always work out to, to the way we want it to but um certainly we're always intentional i would say every team in the league is it's just how does it how do you go out there and execute That's good. all right guys have a good one
0: there you go have a good one that is uh, head coach Matt Lafleur speaking to the media so uh some interesting stuff that he's not going to give you anything, man. I mean, right now you're trying to get into game plans and stuff and film, and he, he wouldn't talk about any of that stuff. I mean, he, you know, it's it's like, it's like almost like you love listening to him because what you want to find out is how much they're not willing to talk about. Which is a complete, you know, like Sean McVay, you know, ah, yeah, we're paying attention to the tight end. We want to beat the hell out of him. He's going to go to these out routes. We're going to cover a guy. We're going to, you know. Nothing, Matt LaFleur, they got a tight end? I didn't know that. I don't know. We'll take a look at the film. (laughs) Always interesting. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends over there at Burn Pit Barbecue, veteran-owned, based right here in the state of Wisconsin, Racine, Wisconsin. Two guys started this in their garage a few years back, and they have had wild success, and they've been picked up nationally by numerous programs and such and one of the best veteran-owned businesses in the country and they're great but uh, we got them they're our own right here in the state go to burnpitbbq.com if you're looking for barbecue sauce of many different flavors uh hot sauces different flavors and really good rubs as well different flavors go to burnpitbbq.com that is burnpitbbq.com and see everything that they have to offer more of the bill michael show next Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
1: Welcome back, make it, Bill Michael Show.
0: Getting it done. Getting it done. Hey, don't forget about our friends speaking again. It done at the Water Doctors H two the letter O Doctors dot com H two the letter O Doctors dot com. John Atley and his staff do a great job with the Connecticut Water Softening System, and I personally think there isn't a better one out there. It is uh, absolutely fantastic. But uh, if you want to check it out for yourself, or if you want to work with a company that makes donations to veterans' causes and such and military members, those for uh, the Custom Canine Service Dog Academy. Uh, give John a call. 262-549-7733. 262 549 7733 549 7733 Again, that's the Water Doctors. H2 the letter O Doctors dot com. H 2 the letter O Doctors dot com. Or uh, call them direct two six two five four nine seventy seven thirty-three. So finally, what they've been waiting for on Thursday Night Football is a hit. And apparently uh this past weekend or this past week. Uh, The Chiefs and the Chargers did it. Uh, The Nielsen ratings uh, for the Amazon's first Thursday night football broadcast. And the numbers are out. And the matchup was good. So that was one reason to drive you to that. But also a lot of people are watching the prime, the Amazon prime. 13 million people watched the Kansas City Chiefs beat the Chargers. In week two, it gave an, uh, a Nielsen rating of 6.4. Now, that number includes people who watched the broadcast on Amazon Prime, who viewed the game locally in Kansas City and Los Angeles. And Amazon Prime itself averaged 11.8 million viewers, according to Sports Media Watch, uh, with local broadcast drawing 1.2 million. Now, Amazon's own measurements have the number slightly higher, of course. Uh, Amazon say they logged 15.3 million, but... Uh, They're saying, nah, baby, nah. The ratings are better than expected, though. The 2021 uh, Thursday Night Football premiere, which aired exclusively on the NFL Network, drew only about 7 million and a 4.1 rating. So, uh, Prime subscriptions didn't end up being uh, the big obstacle. Amazon set a record for new Prime signups with uh, the company earlier that week. Uh, A lot of people are starting to sign up for the Thursday night game, which is ultimately what they wanted. But it includes Prime Day, Black Friday, Cyber Monday, which are also Amazon's three biggest shopping days, obviously. It all kind of, you know, circumferences that. Uh, But nevertheless, um, uh, big numbers. Big numbers uh, coming up for the Amazon Prime game on Thursday night. So Thursday night football seemingly being a big hit. Now, tonight we've got a Thursday night matchup between two teams that Aren't necessarily powerhouses. Specifically, one of them anymore. The Pittsburgh Steelers on the downside with Mitch Trubisky trying to fend off, you know, his job, for that matter. Uh, Meanwhile, the Cleveland Browns are trying to tread water until they get Deshaun Watson back after his suspension. So those two teams match up tonight. We shall see. But what the numbers are going—I don't think the numbers are going to be the same as what they were last week. But you know, you never know. You never know. As uh, you know, Amazon Prime getting getting it done. So to speak, uh, 877-867-1670, 1670 If you want to uh, find us, feel free. Give us a shot. Uh, by the way, um, this is a uh, tweet that was put out. Uh, Justin Ritzel, Bakhtiari beginning his pass set by looking inward, something he only does for road games. Is that a good sign? So uh, there's some um, – uh, Nicole Menner, by the way, is uh, on, the, on the ground in Green Bay and the sports anchor for Fox 11 in Green Bay. And she's the one that took the video of David Bakhtiari practicing today. Now, I had mentioned before um, that they're not in pads. They're not in pads today. Shorts, uh, short sleeves for the linemen, obviously, and such. But Bakhtiari doing a lot of work – Uh, on the tackle position um, in pass blocking. So we'll see. But the note alongside it was, well, he usually only does the predictions for on looking inside for ball movement. Otherwise, most of the time, and that's because you're playing in a hostile environment, so you have to watch the movement of the ball before you get off on it. Otherwise, you're obviously starting with false starts because you can't hear the snap count because you're not playing at home. So maybe that's a good sign that he could possibly play this weekend. I don't know. We'll wait and see. I, you know, you know, Mark Daniel seems to think no. Mike Clemens seems to think no. The rumor in the press box was, at least from a few people around the team, that he could possibly, they were kind of going, you know, I don't know, I think he's going to be ready. They were kind of hoping he'd be ready for the game this weekend. Now, whether or not that happens, we'll wait and see. I kind of doubt it now. But because the people that I trust are telling me no, my gut tells me that this was the one that they wanted him to come back for, you know. But the last time I kind of raised an eyebrow and thought he'd be back, Mike was absolutely right and said there's no way he's coming back. So I'm I'm just I'm I'm holding off the anticipation, if you will, as to whether or not Bakhtiari's is going to be back uh, because I think it's a, while it's a big story to us, I don't think it's it's as big a story inside that locker room inside that locker room so uh on that note let's break away take our last break before we uh, end the program so thanks for taking a listen to us we're going to stick around for one more segment hang in there this portion of the program brought to you by our friends at growth law firm one of the best biker law firms in the country they're right here in our own backyard top 20 in the country as voted on by biker justice usa so if you've got an issue if you're a biker you're looking for a good law firm go to growth law growthlaw.com. That's growthlaw.com. growth law dot com that's growth dot com growth law Dot com. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show. It's all coming up now. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
1: now in Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. It's the Packers and the Buccaneers Sunday in Tampa. The Bucs have a long list of injuries. Receivers Julio Jones and Chris Godwin with hamstring issues. Mike Evans' suspension was upheld after fights on Sunday with the Saints. But Matt Wolfleur is more concerned about their defense, led by inside
2: linebackers Devin
1: White and Levante David.
2: Obviously, there's just Great team speed overall. The two backers inside are are problems. They got two edge rushers that are problems. They got Vita Vea on the inside. Uh, I think the corners are really good. The safeties are obviously really good. And so it's just a complete defense. Do a great job of disguising, showing you one thing, and then make sure you know they're they're blitzing on the snap, whatever it may be.
1: Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, the defense is fantastic. You got two great guys inside. You got a great front. Really solid. Great back end. Great guy calling it. Recipe for a lot of potential of uh, stopping people consistently. They've been doing that this season. I think they're first in sacks and six turnovers they forced, 13 points, I believe, total. So they've Really had a nice start to the season. The Buccaneers' Todd Bowles, a defensive coach, says he's impressed with the Packers' running backs, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon.
2: Well, they both can do everything. Obviously, Aaron's faster. He plays wide out. He plays running back. He moves inside. He moves outside. He plays the slot. He does a lot of things great. He's very explosive when he catches the ball, and when he runs the ball, he can break it, and he can turn a 4-yard gain into a 60-yard gain, and A.J. is just tough to bring down. You know, he's tough. Not only is he tough, he has very good Feet, and he can catch the football as well so those two along with Aaron and the rest of the guys you know it's going to be a tough draw
1: that's Buccaneers head coach Todd Bowles in Green Bay I'm Mike Clemens on the Bill Michaels show
0: this weekend, do a little putting around, maybe get some uh, some bike ride in, some motorcycle miles, stop out at Boondocks, barbecue, burgers, brews. I haven't been out there and seen them in a while. Got to get out that way. I got a lot going on in Lake Country this weekend. So, hey, don't forget uh, that we're going to be out doing the, the postgame show with Smoke on the Water. But if you're out in the Lake Country area, there's a lot of great places. We talk about Stolies in Watertown, uh, uh, Stolz Hole 109. But Boondocks, barbecue, burgers, and brews. Really good stuff. Big screens, outdoor, indoor seating, big place, lots of parking. Yeah, nice. Not to mention the food's really fantastic. I mean, that's one of the reasons you go anyway. And uh, the uh, the draft beer, cold. I love my draft beer really cold, but they, they got it set down. Really good. So uh, check out our friends at Boondock's Barbecue Burgers and Brews in Stonebank, uh, technically, but out there in Oconomowoc. Really good place. So we've been paying attention... To Aaron Judge, the whole world, the whole baseball world is, and every time he comes to the plate now, ESPN's breaking in. But uh, the home run balls, if he continues to hit the 60th bomb that was hit against the Pittsburgh Pirates, uh, they say could sell fifty to a hundred thousand bucks. Okay, if he sends sixty one into the stands, they believe number sixty one is going to sell for about a quarter million dollars. If he, if he hits 62, 62 would bring anywhere from a half a million and up. And after 62, whatever the number is that he hits, that final home run ball, which will set an American League record, will be worth over a million dollars. Now, that goes back to the question of would you give it back to him? You know, for a guy that's going to make 20, 30, 40 million a year by the time his contract's done with the Yankees, you, you know, do you think he would pay for it? You know, I mean, what would you want to do with that ball? Um, but tickets, by the way, for the rivalry series against the Red Sox in the bleacher seats at Yankee Stadium this weekend are going for 1000 bucks a ticket. 1000 bucks a ticket. SBC auctions, or SCP auctions has been in the business since 79. They're no stranger to selling those milestone home run balls. Uh, Barry, Bun, Barry Bonds' record 756 home run ball, uh, passing Hank Aaron for the first time, all time, all that kind of stuff. $752,000 back in 2007. 762 brought th- uh, $362,000, and 755 sold for 186000 and the uh, 500th blast for Barry Bonds last year sold for 303000 Alex, Ro- Alex Rodriguez's 600th home run ball sold for uh, just under 100000 at 97000 And the uh, Atlanta Braves 2021 World Series clinching game brought $70,000 via the firm. So if you want Aaron Judge's home run ball, whatever the last one he hits, after 61 is this season, will fetch you upwards of a million bucks. So at that point, I think, Ben, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, would you give the ball back to Aaron Judge? I still like to think I, deep down, would appreciate the entire moment and give it back to him with some very easily uh, accomplished reward. But I would right. not go sell it. See, I... my whole thought was, and I said this yesterday, I'd give it back to him. I'd give it back to him. But I'd give it back to him with one stipulation. That if this gets sold at auction, I get part of the proceeds because I'm giving it to you. I'm not giving it to you for you to go make money off of it. I'm giving it to you because it belongs to you. It's It's, it's a milestone. It belongs in your trophy case at home. Not on an auction block, because I can get the money for it on an auction block. Unless, of course, you want to pay me for it. Well, that's one thing, which I I hate to say that because it sounds like a a shyster kind of world. But uh, to me, here's the ball. You you deserve it. You enjoy it. But if you turn around and it doesn't mean anything to you so much that you're going to sell it, well, then I get half of the proceeds. That's the way I would do it. And that's fair. I think that's fair. So with maybe down the road, you know, especially like if your family sells it. <clears throat> then a continuation of my family would get it. Because this is a ball at a million bucks could just set yourself, set your family up for a long, long time to come, if not the rest of their life. Remember when a million dollars years ago would set you up for the rest of your life? And now you're like, ah, that might last me a few years. I don't know. I don't know. How's the president cup's going? How's the President's Cup going? Because I know... You're paying attention to the uh to the golf side of things,
2: yeah, it depends what side you root for here uh not good for the internationals, I guess I'll say that much there okay. are they're playing foursomes today, so the alternate shot there are five matches out on the course the u s is up
0: four up, two up, one up, one up, one up, and they they're just too good. it's not going to be close mm-hmm. um so that's your president's Cup update uh mike uh, mark says what about just paying off your bills so you come out of it debt free but it's not a lot of money i think all my credit cards combined would maybe go like 10 grand i think i got like 20 credit cards but i keep my limits low so i don't ever get into any kind of trouble i just don't trust myself so i think that's all my credit combined short of like a car payment or house payment or something like that but um sure you know i could say that you know hey you you pay off my credit cards all right cool whatever and you know he could just basically pull that pocket change out of his back of probably out of his baseball pants you know i carry 30 grand with me when i'm on the base pass just in case somebody happens to bring me a beer (laughs) i might just agree i I, I might go to him and agree and say hey every time i ask you to come on my radio show you have to do it you have to drop everything else and come on the show see that would be huge from from the from the from the show's perspective, now it, th- that changes things. You know, we could go once a week to our baseball insider, Aaron Judge. You know, something to that effect, or a personal appearance. You know, like the annual Christmas party here at the house. Oh no! Yeah, <laughs> say you know, hey, we have a special guest coming. You know, and he's he's he shows up at the house or something like that. Maybe do that. That's the off-season. Why not, right? It's around Christmas time. It's not like he's working out. Do that. I dare to dream, but I don't think I'm going to be in these stands at Yankee Stadium this coming weekend at all, so I think it's pretty much a moot point at this point. So tomorrow on the program, tomorrow we're cooking it up on a Friday. Tomorrow, Matt Mitchell is going to be joining us. Pete Doherty going to be joining us. Greg Allman is going to be joining us from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers side of things. Mike Clemens tomorrow going to be joining us. Oh, oh, it's a Friday tomorrow on the program. A lot of good football stuff going into the weekend. You got football coming up tonight. Steelers and Browns watching a little bit of that. And then we close it all out tomorrow. Oh, man, oh, man. Today, you know what I'm doing? I'm putting that yard groomer on the John Deere tractor, and I'm hitting the trails. Oh, I'll take a picture for you if I get this thing all together. Until then, time for us to go. Have a go one. Ooh. The Bill Michael Show Podcast.
1: Listen, rate, subscribe.